<laughs> Welcome to episode 9 of the OOC, where we talk about stuff. Stuff. And things. And things. Stuff we... <laughs> other things. And other and stuff. Other Usually game-related. Not always. Mostly. <laughs> so, last night... We've been night, on that Segway train coaster. It is. We've been on this Segway train coaster for a long time. Um, so, uh, last night, our episode 13 dropped. I actually have a question. Okay. I want to know from Monica what it was like to basically wait an hour and a half. I wait. No, it was like oh. two hours. Is it two hours? It was two like, hours. Shenanigans, <laughs> and you're just like, I'm in a rice patty. Well, I mean, if you watch the video, I'm literally sitting there doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Just waiting and then messing around with my chair because like I didn't want to go on my phone because I was like I didn't want to like do that because I have to watch and make sure things are going right with recording. So I was like I can't just completely zone out so I was just sitting there like fucking around with my like chair the whole game the whole two hours <laughs> and taking notes. I mean I did take some notes. Uh, what would it like to be a viewer, Annika? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I imagine it was even more like more like frustrating because there were moments where our group was like basically like okay now it's time to go and somebody would be but but wait and then you guys were like let's no, not go to the portal and I was like are you kidding me <laughs> the portal I was like well I guess Annika's character is going to get introduced in a completely brand new way that I haven't thought of right now. <laughs> Yeah, you guys were like, let's not go to the portal. And, like, you could kind of see, like, Sarah and I just both kind of, like, look at each other. <laughs> just, like, it was so funny. Be ready to go on the fly with me. You are now, like, crabs out in the woods somewhere. I don't know, man. So we've talked about, so we have on this show talked about, like, metagaming, player knowledge, game knowledge, how to blend these things, and how to basically try to ignore your your own personal knowledge and think about what your character is going to do um but during our bio break um our sarah was basically like you kind of have to go to this portal like, she was, was she's like, like i don't want to railroad you guys but i'm gonna railroad, railroad you guys <laughs> yeah because sarah is not that dm sarah is never yeah. like railroading but was like this one time i just I just need you to go to the portal. I'm like, okay, I'm like, you don't right. have to go in. You just have to go find it. I'm like, you just have to go find the last portal. You guys have been talking about it for four games. We're going to yeah. go find the last portal. We're going to go find the last portal. We're going to go find the last portal. Then you realize, like, nah, we're not going to go. And I'm like, are you serious? As a DM, I have certain expectations. And those expectations <laughs> are for you guys to follow through with the things you've been talking about for four episodes. So I can just be like, okay, they're going to the portal. They're going to the portal. They're going to the portal. No, they're not because i think it was oh, we what learned. it was for me yeah. what it was for me was that like a lot of it i was hangry i was personally hangry and so like i was just trying to like get moving so that like we could be going somewhere because my hanger got interpreted into jack as i'm impatient right i just want to go poke stuff with my sword Friends, I do not care where we go, but we need to go. Um, yeah. 
Uh, so, so that was the metagame on that one. <laughs> other fun fact, I woke up I woke up that morning. I mean, these people already know, so I'm telling you, our viewers. I woke up that Sunday morning real sick. Like, I had what we have here called a cedar fever, which is a very bad case of out. Al- like, it's like not just a bad case of allergies. Like, you literally get a fever. You are sick. Uh, but it is caused by allergens. At any rate, I had dosed myself up on so much allergy medication so that I would not be sneezing and snotting through the whole recording. Um, and I barely remember what happened. Like when I was trying to put it together in my head, I was like, I was like, Finland and Whistler went to talk to somebody. We learned something. Other people went to a library. We learned about Calendula. Annika lives in a rice paddy, but is also a pirate. Yep, I think I nailed it. (laughs) That was my takeaway. Not a pirate, I just have a jacket like a pirate. (laughs) That's what got stuck in my head. I'm like, I don't know, they live in a rice paddy and they're a pirate. Do not live in a rice paddy. No. No, I just work there. Adult brain is concerned. That's that's where we met them, so... Oh, her. I should say, because I'm so used to ask her. Thank you. Yeah, this brings us to one of our topics, which is introducing a new PC. Or, <laughs> yeah. And um, so Annika and I have obviously talked about uh, their new character. Um, and and they were, you know, saying, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds great. Yes, let's do that. Sounds good. Yeah, whatever you want to do. And uh, just so you guys know, they, um, she, Nelia, was given a special magical item. Yeah. Of her background. Um, and so I was like, okay. She's And Annika was like, okay, she is a fisher person in town and lives on a houseboat. Spoiler. Not a pirate. No. Not a pirate. And I'm like, cool. All right. I got to think of a way for Nelia to get to the group and the group to get to Nelia without having to introduce, like, another complication like i didn't want it to be like oh the houseboat is sinking you guys have to go save her or whatever it is so this is when i start bringing up the topic that i said i'm going to talk about so there's the big joke about like writers and their google search histories and like you know you're searching like how to get rid of a body and like all these other things well it applies to dms as well or i'll say anybody in like the ttprg community so whatever the players have to look up for their characters i also have to look up so i have a basic knowledge of it and go further. So my search history is bonkers. So this search history was was rice patty fish ecoculture. And so I went in a deep dive. I was like, okay, what kind of fish live in rice patty? Can you dive in a rice patty? Yeah, I'm like, how? Not that far. So I'm like, how, what kind of fish live in rice patties? Cause they have a symbiotic relationship of fish and rice patties. Like I know it happens. And the, so like, it was an hour and then I find, I was like, okay, this search and this search. And I was like, okay, but then you don't really fish in a rice patty. You don't like get a pole and fish. And then I found a specific crab. It's called a rice patty crab. It is literally called a rice patty crab. And I was like, cool. That is what Annika's character is doing. Dude, Annika's rice cra- rice patty crabs look so scary. So you sent me the thing, and I looked at the picture, and I did not like it. I was like, I don't like this, and I like did not want to look at it anymore. (laughs) I it was so scary. I did not like it. They are edible, so I'm like, they're so. What the idea is, Nelia has a has a deal with the um the people who own the rice patty, 
that uh, she puts crab pots out, catches these crabs, which are sort of uh, parasitic on the rice. And then Nelia goes and both cooks and eats the crabs and sells them because they are edible and you can make food out of them. So it's a symbiotic relationship, not just between the crabs and the rice paddy, but between Nelia, the local fisher person, and the people who own the rice paddies who I still don't know who they are yet. So that is why Nellie was out in the rice paddy collecting crabs and not paying attention to the giant portal because she was so focused on the crab pots that she was checking on. So, yeah, so, and definitely we go like, looking up these pictures and yeah, that that's. Uh, I don't like it. I mean, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of seafood generally, um, but like, the, like them getting like prepped to like get wait, the move it a little more to eat. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a pass. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, it's I'm sure it's delicious. It would kill me. I'm sure it's delicious. I'll stick to my rice pudding. So, um, so what I was saying about introducing a new PC is uh, we had a way for, for Aster to leave with Grace and, you know, possibility of coming back and all of those things. Um, yes, hello, segment. <laughs> I don't know. She's just meowing. And then... Um, so we were thinking of a way to introduce Nelia. So that's why I was like, what does your character do? So if you want any tips, whatever, as a DM, talk to the player of said PC. Figure out what that player, that character is all about and figure out how to introduce them in a quote unquote natural way. Not just you wake up the next morning and there's somebody new at your camp. Like, I mean, you could do that. It's perfectly reasonable. But as in like, have your players encounter them on a way to something they're already going to, like a portal. Now, so. to be fair, we just learned the very exciting um, information that the person thing that we were looking for lives underground. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and yeah, that it's it's been a whole thing for Jag. Like she just really <clears throat> she's over this whole like introspection thing she just wants to stab stuff and... right i feel like finland is in a similar boat is like i don't want to think about it let's go let's go kill a thing yeah i i, I hope that this universe has uh medicare for all because um she needs therapy yeah that that yeah. is a possible ability Therapy is 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 is, is to, easy to be gotten. I'm just uh, ready for like... you guys to figure out the like discover the clusterfuck of a bat of a backstory I made for my character. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what to do with you. You you seem to want to come with us, but I'm trying to let you know this is a bad idea. <laughs> I, yeah, again, I love and that, then where we're like very dangerous that way. You person followed us. Well, and then Elia's just like, you guys don't know me. I don't know you guys. I can do this. You don't know that, but <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> you guys, we're in a place that like needs, relies on order <laughs> and not chaos. And we do not and we have a problem. You guys also don't have the one person who could do the disguise self and turn into one of them. Because that was no, literally I, our I plan. I don't know how well 
Like, I don't know how well we would have pulled that off. I honestly didn't expect you guys to go in. Robin. So I was, I had the, I had the map prepared, but I was ready for you guys to be like, okay, we found the portal. We are contacting the Emerald Protectors to come close it. And you guys are like, we go in and I'm like, okay, well, I got the map ready. So, well, I think, so part of it is that, so like Zero says, yes, like the big bad is in this portal, right? And Fiddlin is definitely like, is there? So are we really just doing a bunch of like Thor Ragnarok gif gifts at this point? Is it though? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so I think there's a like uh, this requires recon. The problem is, is that the way our group works, there's no Finland sticks her head in and looks around because as soon as anybody goes through the portal, any part of a person like Robin and Whistler are going to go through. <laughs> And it's like, once Robin and Whistler are through, we might as well bring everybody through because who's going to look after Robin and Whistler? But you guys have got a you guys have got a stealthy person, though, now. Technically. Ooh. Not that you guys well, know, that. know that. You don't know what I can do, but you guys have a stealthy person yeah. now. <laughs> With a ferret. Yeah. So, what are you working on? That looks, that looks nifty. Yeah. It is a it is a, a giant rectangle, which I'm assuming is going to be a blanket. I'm almost I've got more to go. Um, I want to finish it before I move, so that I'm not moving yarn, but finish moving an actual blanket. Is this? Are you using up like yarn that's left over from? Other... No, I've, I've, this is yarn purchased for this project. Okay. Yeah, Sweet. but I want to move an actual blanket as opposed to however many more skeins of yarn I have left. That's fair. So yeah, but so I'm also sewing a lot more. I'm like, I'm not, not that I don't sew anyway, but I'm like, I'd rather move clothes than fabric, than just like folded fabric. So all of my days off, I've been like, okay, what am I gonna make today? I've noticed so, that. We're like- That is, that is not game related. I'm like, it's Tuesday. I am struggling to get through my to-do list. And then there was like, made a dress, have a duvet. Yeah. Me. Yeah, I'm gonna go on dresses, Minecraft. <laughs> dresses, I should point out. Yeah, two, and a matching kerchief. Yep. Yeah. Um so, <laughs> how's your quarantine going? Yep. Um yeah, I do I'm getting a lot done on Minecraft. Um, I am building uh, a third base having not finished my other two bases. <laughs> uh, we went on a little mini end of us. Alright. Um so I had gender affirming surgery, so yeah. Yeah. Yay! No more, no more, no more fallopian tubes. No more the baby holdies. Well, I guess babies aren't supposed to be in fallopians. I'm very good at biology. <laughs> okay, please don't make me laugh too hard because it hurts. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, I mean, the people around me like laughter is a great thing, and right, I thought and laughter was healing. I literally have an incision in my belly button. Yeah. Um, I have a really, really, really deep belly button. And so I'm always like, when they talk about like, um, like, you know, what is it? Microscopic surgery that goes through the belly button. I'm like, I feel like you're going to spend a Yeah, endoscopic. I'm like, they did it on my shoulder and I can't even remember what it's called. Um, and I just feel like you're going to be like hours just getting through to the bottom of the belly button it's like a 
giant blue hole. I mean, it's not blue, clearly, but um, that was a random topic. <clears throat> well, but yeah, uh, so for those of y'all watching, if you see me making weird faces, I'm okay. <laughs> it just, I'm in recovery still. I just like uh, that your shirt, or at least what we can see, if it just goes, eat. <laughs> so I'm sorry. So let's talk about something oh, very serious. Classic. I yes. still want one that says, I'm so old school, I had one button. But yeah, now now well, that you've pointed out that it says eat, I, I am, we had I am purposely my sweater so that it says eat. We didn't have an Atari, we had a ClecoVision. ClecoVision for cool. Yeah. We had, if we're talking about gaming stuff, we had a ClecoVision. And then we had a Sega Master. We were Sega family. We had Sega. We didn't do Nintendo. So we had a Sega, uh, ClecoVision, a Sega Master System, a Sega Genesis. We had the Sega 32X. We had the Sega friggin' CD. The Sega Jaguar. It was terrible. It was terrible. Um, and the Saturn. Like, we we got, we were Sega products. And there's a game. I'm just, Now we're talking about game, weird gaming shit. There was a game on Sega CD. It was called Dark Wizard. And I love this game. It was one of the first, like, it's like this strategy RPG game. It was amazing. Finding like for an emulator, finding Sega CD ROMs for an emulator are hard and they don't work and it's terrible. So I want to play this game so bad and it is there's nowhere for me to find it on the internet so I can play oh. it and forget about it. I um there was oh what was it on Netflix? I don't know. Somebody did it was like a history of video games and it was like super cool and I felt like um. I felt like I was reliving my childhood. My first console was a PlayStation 2. <laughs> I had that was, had my, that was my last console. Uh I had the uh, Godzilla game that was basically Super Smash Bros but Godzilla. Uh and then we also had the uh, Boba Fett game or something. It was like either man it was a Mandalorian game or Boba Fett. Uh it was cool. Probably Boba Fett. I think it was like Boba Fett. It was real cool. Uh, yeah, and then we got a Wii. <laughs> and so then I had, I had a Atari, DS. And then I did PC games. And then I just didn't game. And then when Caden was little, we got the um, the Wii. And I was like, okay, this isn't bad. Sports Resort! Fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, uh, but yeah... We go back to uh, to characters, right? <laughs> right. Just so you know, we also a bunch of us play video games too. That's, that's Tanya and I play Minecraft all the time together. <laughs> yep. True story. If you guys ever um, want to see that, you can see me stream on Twitch. Oh. And Tanya will sometimes be there. Yes. I, I do have a question then, yeah. um, re regarding like introducing new characters and that sort of thing. So, uh. I don't know about y'all, but I am definitely doing a lot of metagaming. Oh, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely doing a ton of metagaming when it comes to adding Melia in as a member of the party. Because, like, Jack's first instinct is to just be like, no. No. Not happening. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not real sure because we're not actually to the part where Finland's had to react because we just sort of stepped through the portal and then just like Amelia followed us. See, that's um, what I wanted to I do. I was gonna leave was... you in a, in a patty being a pirate. <laughs> I was good. What I wanted to do, I was like, I wanted everybody else to go in and be like, I'll be like, oh, I won't go, and then like sneak. 
<laughs> sneak in and follow you guys. And be like, well, these people are I, cool. I liked the instinct though, that you had, which was kind of like, I don't trust this person, <laughs> but I cannot trust this person and leave this person at my rear, which seems like a very bad idea. Or I can push them through and at least I have an eye on them. Um, and I kind of think that that's where we are. But I agree. There is sometimes, and everybody has, I almost knocked my light over. Um, I think everybody has these games and it's, it's not a bad way to like get started, which is you don't know anybody, but you're in a tavern or you're at the jobs board and like, just go. Right. Which is uh, like a far more casual way of, of creating story. And it's, it's totally fine but when you're trying to do like kind of a version of immersive theater um yeah you when you're trying to tell a not just tell a story with your friends with nobody watching but right. when you're trying to tell a story to other people i always try to explain to people i'm like I, i've even put in here i'm like the games that i run for like my home games are far more chaotic like they <laughs> go off the rails so much more and i'm just like yeah whatever you want to do but for this i have to think we can't we have to do things in a specific way even down to the part of like the art that we use and speaking of art and like the maps that we use and stuff if it's right. a home i'll just go find a random map on the internet and put it up on roll 20 because we're not making money off of it but for for this game i use maps that are listed as free or we have uh yas supports some map makers on patreon so we right. do pay them for the maps um through patreon so and the same thing with artists like the art that we use, we have to have permission, somebody commissions, we have to have permission, whatever it is from the artist to use that art because we are putting it out in the world. So yep. we have to have a cognizant, like we have to be cognizant of what we're doing when we record and put it up on the internet. If it was just like a home game, I've been like, yeah, you guys met in yeah. a, you guys, you guys met on a soccer field. I don't know, whatever. Okay. You know, <laughs> you guys are playing soccer with each other. Okay. Um, and so I, like but I also it, think we had to we had to develop character a little bit more before we started. Right, but I, I so like to piggyback on on what Amelie was saying, right? Is that it's kind of on us as, I mean, actors, right? To think about and not lead storytellers <laughs> and not right. We're the co-storytellers, um, but that it's on us to look for the those the little cracks, the way that like, okay, what would my character do here that is going to positively move this story forward? Where's my yes and, basically, right? So you have this character and we're meeting, as we talked about in the last OC, uh, that you have this new character that you're encountering right on the heels of this really traumatic event that is leaving you trusting kind of no one outside of your immediate circle. And we're even traveling with a person who we don't 100% trust. Um, but in improv, you're constantly looking for the yes and. So you're, we find this person and what's the yes and, right, to, to, to be in. And I think, you know, Jack does the great, does a kind of a, you kind of did the 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 sort of sister to yes and which is no, no but. but yeah which is i don't i don't trust you but come along because i'd rather have eyes on you right yeah. um and i um but yeah if you are if you're just sitting around a table telling a story it like sarah says is 
you don't have to find any deep meaning. Um, but if you want to, like if you're invested, if your group is invested in making deeper, more meaningful storytelling that hangs together, then yeah, you have to play yes and, which is somebody has given me information. I have to say, I accept this information and I'm going to, to turn it to you know positively move the story forward. And when I say positively move the story forward, I don't mean make, but don't not making it so i think we mentioned in a previous coc but i can't remember um my mom made a comment about the like dmgm storyteller uh being the lead storyteller but that everybody at at the table is storytelling and you don't want to you don't want to become the person at the table who's making that storytelling difficult um, now that doesn't necessarily mean throwing everything about your character out the window and just accepting everything as it is, but looking for the ways that you can move the story forward, knowing that this thing has to happen, this person has to be included, we have to go to this portal, right? What makes sense? And look for that. Um, and I think that's what you saw us do because we were like, you know, basically Finland was like, oh, it lives underground. We're going to go look underground. And then Sarah was like, you have to go to the portal. And we were like, okay, the way around that, the yes and is that Zareth is convinced that this thing is in the portal. So that's like, that's where you hang that idea. And that's the yes and as you go with, okay, the person we think who is very knowledgeable about this says this we go with that information so that was my very rambly way of saying yes anding isn't and nobody is important yeah. in storytelling <laughs> i also with the whole trust thing uh it was funny like because because i knew that would be an issue with this i went and talked to ari i was like i have to have known you I was like, my character yeah. has to have seen you around. And so we came up with this whole thing, which is really funny. And I want to tell some of it because it's really funny. Um, because so Whistler, when they when you guys saw Whistler was like Nelia and then quoted something that my character has said to her because my character sells fish and stuff. I almost said fish and shit. I sell fish and shit. Uh, and I so mean, it is really good fertilizer. So I mean, I, and I also also fish poo in the sea where they live where they live so uh and so what happened was was whistler came to do grocery shopping for the uh temple and acts and saw that i was a tiefling and i'm like assumption is that there are no like not a lot of tieflings in rindenhurst and so whistler had never seen one before like was just like this looks weird and cast the like thing to see if i was a if i was bad or like a fiend and I fig and I saw Whistler do it because Whistler wasn't very stealthy, and Whistler was just like, "That's not Whistler's thing." That's yeah, Whistler no. So I saw Whistler do it, and Whistler's just like, "Oh no, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," and bought all of my fish that day. That was oh their God, shopping. Okay. Yeah, so that's also very Whistler. Yeah, yeah. so that is uh, that's what Ari, uh, Ari and I talked about, and that's how Whistler knows Nelia, is because uh, Whistler did that and bought all of my fish. <laughs> I feel like Finland, even though Finland, like, grew up in an area that is, like, we don't, we're very insulated in some ways, uh, but we interact with the outside world in other ways, um, but, so, 
she wouldn't be on trade routes or anything like that meeting a lot of other people but i'm like finland has grown up with individuals who have horns on their heads and is now met an individual who changes color based on the season um and it's kind of like okay like it's now a person with horns on its head that a different color that tracks like <laughs> i feel like it makes total sense to finland it was Whatever it, is, it was also funny to me when when i was wa- like wa- editing and stuff and watching when i was describing my character and i said that nelia didn't have a tail the only person i saw who was just like what was pax like i was watching and pax was just like what <laughs> it was so funny i've i'm okay um <laughs> It was just funny to me that she was just, I just saw her be like really confused about that statement. Jack, uh, Jack has been on, you know, all of these trade routes for so long with her mom. Like generally no physical appearance is going to surprise her at this point. Um, she is just like, okay, you, you look weird. Everyone with like, who isn't seven feet tall looks weird to me. Um, and so therefore nobody looks weird right she's kind of a okay you fit sure you don't you don't have a tail it i don't know i don't have a tail either it was just really funny because you could tell that that pax knows tieflings and pax was just like that makes no sense for a tiefling it was Uh, just funny to me not be any color but red yeah i know so um, if if you want to have a tiefling that's got no tail, if you want a tiefling that's got three tails, <laughs> yeah, that's why I did two horn, two sets of horns. What? So, oh, so when I did mine and Caden's tiefling siblings that we play in another game on Hero Forge, and my tiefling has um like water buffalo horns, and this is not an option. Um, not an option on Hero Forge. <laughs> So I had to approximate like this thing with two different horns um, and I couldn't make them just right. So like in the back, like the second set definitely like sticks out a little and it's weird looking. That was so, a weird segue. Speaking of, uh, speaking of tieflings, the way that I yeah. as a PM handle tieflings is this, is, is we bring a little bit of science into it, even though science, you know, is a thing. So the way I do it is, who is your fiendish ancestor? Mm -hmm. Was your fiendish ancestor a pet fiend? Was your fiendish ancestor a succubus? Was your fiendish ancestor a nergalid? You know, was your fiend? What was your fiendish ancestor? And that is how you get your tiefling traits. If your fiendish ancestor was a pet fiend, your fiendish you might have red or pinkish skin. Was your fiendish ancestor? I don't know something else. Give me a second. Let me get a book. Oh no! To the book. I see that we brought it back to Succubus, though, which was a thing that happened before the show even started. A uh, Yas drinking game, and one of them is take a sip every time Sarah goes and gets a book. Oh, right. Was your fiendish fiendish ancestor a bone devil? Then you might be white. Was your fiendish uh, ancestor a bearded devil? You might be purple. Was your fiendish ancestor of who know da, it, go on and on and on in the list? I, that was all right. devils. I opened up devils before I opened up demons. Was your fiendish ancestor of rock? You might have black skin. Whatever it is. So depending on your where your your fiendish ancestry comes from, 
that is going to influence what you look like. If you have multiple horns, if you have whatever, oh, I just knocked my cat over. Yeah, whatever your coloring is, whatever your eyes look like. Yeah, draw your, from that. do you have a tail? Do you not have a tail? Also, again, genetics, and you know, I'm not a geneticist. Let's say that right off the bat. Um, but how? Fun fact: I actually spent a summer um, in a genetics lab because I thought that I might uh, doing intern work because uh, I was interested in that as a possible career. Um, so also, how far back is your Fiendish ancestry? Right. Is, is it your grandfather, your great, great grandmother? Is it 28 generations back? You might just have a little bit of like some teeny tiny horns maybe coming up here and a little like one fang, you know, like how far <laughs> back does it go? Yeah, the, that's, that's what I did for my latest character that I created for a different game that I scared everyone and Yas about. Um, the context clues were not there. I like to add that I understood exactly what Amelie was saying because I create lots of characters for games that aren't yes, and I am very excited. Well, about them. so I'm like, oh yes, Amelie is obviously playing a different no, game. No, it was because well, because I remember Amelie saying that like my next like I assumed that when we were talking about making characters, Amelie was like, oh, I want to make a Dragonborn next, and I had assumed that was like if something happens to Jack, I'll play Dragonborn. Because that's what we were talking about at that time. And then you posted the dragon board, and I was like, what? <laughs> Everybody was like, what? No, I'm not ready to lose Jack. No, Jack's, um, Jack's not ready to go. Jack, Jack I want to piggyback off of this idea about including uh, oh, science. Real, in real quick. I, I wasn't quite yeah, finished with my thought. Um, but so, yeah, I, I have technically a dragonborn. However, the the dragon in said dragonborn's ancestry is you know four or five uh generations removed um and so you know he looks human but there are like aspects to him that like oh no you're you're definitely not human and then he you know does the fire breath and you're like oh okay no, I'm gonna no definitely not right well, if you think about it, so like we've already established that we think about genetics and Punnett squares generally um, in yeah. the creation of Robin. Yep, I was going to bring up Robin because yeah. I said, well, these are what this is I, how Pax and I created Robin. I said, choose kind of like a main species. I said, we're going to go through both species at a time and you're going to choose the traits. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like you get. I was like, you can have, I, I'm like, we're going through. I'm like, okay, do you want the dexterity and charisma of the tabaxi or do you want the intelligence and whatever it is of the gnomish side? And and they said tabaxi or whatever they said. And I was like, okay, next thing down. Do you want this thing from tabaxi right. or this thing from gnome? So it wasn't just like we did all tabaxi and then they're just short. Like we went through and picked different things out. So they don't have... I don't think they have gnome cunning, but they have the ability to climb from the tabaxi and all that stuff. So we went through and like cherry picked and, you know, made this character exactly what they wanted. But yeah, genetics. Speak about genetics, Tanya, go. Yeah. So like, clearly we already have included this in our world. And I don't think like if you want just an, a full on fantasy, like why is it the way it is? Because magic. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. But if you want, that is not how my brain works. That is not how not my brain, brain works either. either. I'm like, but how? <laughs> um, so I will get certain allowances for magic, like, like the fact that a tabaxi, which is 
a cat and a gnome, which is a humanoid, can mate. I'm fine with that. That's magic. I that. But after that mating is done, something is happening that is scientific. Right. And we also don't know because we, you know, like in in real life, we have like ligers and yeah, mules and stuff and um, koi like, dogs and yeah. yeah. Um, it's you know, and we're all humanoids, so um, so like I honestly, I don't know how minotaurs came to be minotaurs. Like maybe that's a a magical, like bring you know, looking at Greek mythology, maybe that's a magical thing that happened or whatever. Yeah. But like, um, Zeus. what they would, huh? Zeus. Zeus, keep it in your bleeding trousers, man. Yep. Um, so, so uh, like, yeah. Hey, but Zeus what they did would... not have trousers. Zeus had a chiton, and those are much. Yeah, I'm gonna go get mine out of my closet and put it on right now. If you have time to get books, I have time to change into ancient Greek clothing. So, I, um, I got one that Sarah made me. We can match. I actually, um. I, I don't know where my chitin is, but I have a peplos. I have a I have a Gaelic peplos, so even weirder. Okay, so like in, we've included science in other ways when we think about trade routes and when we think about what each of our um like our cultures where they live and what what the their geography. right their geography is like. Okay, so orcs they live up on mountains they don't have rich growing soil, right? So they're not going to have rice patties. Rice is not going to be a thing that orcs do. Um, because oh, the science the of that... Right. With the science just don't work. Um, and so you can kind of build a, a, a richness to your world by thinking about those things, by thinking about the scientific processes that created the way things are in our world and how cultures live in our world and add that to your world. When you look at maps, these maps that um, exist in D&D, when you look at, you know, like Faerun, for, for example, because that's, that's the big one right now. It's where a lot of, uh, a lot of the kids are. A lot of people are very familiar with it. People are very familiar with it. Um, like, they didn't just be like, oh, like, I want this here and this, like, this desert here and, you know, this lake here and whatever there's like some rhyme and reason to why a lot of the the topography is the way it is um you know there's a reason that there is a desert immediately to the east of the mountains in california it's called a rain shadow right so you can add in those those scientific elements into your world building and i think it adds something and we just we've just added in genetics because we're that we're those people we're we, those people because we are the storytellers and we get to do that we and are also people. i feel like we are also all many at least like collectively we are very familiar with history and science um uh you know i hold two science degrees but they're in like also history degrees they're weird um and like you know, Amelie knows, has a lot of uh, history knowledge, and Sarah has a lot of history knowledge, but we're all, like, we're all big on learning, right? We like to learn a bunch of things. Um, like, uh, we didn't know about rice paddy crabs uh, until two weeks ago. You're welcome. And, and now we all know. 
Well, some of us didn't know what they looked like. Until They're terrifying. It does not. It's one of those things that like it didn't surprise me at all because like I grew up eating crawfish. Like, right. yeah, that, oh, it, I had a bad experience with a crab once. <laughs> Oh, uh, we went camping once in like on the beach and I would cat like we caught crabs a lot and then somebody that we didn't know knocked over the bucket of crabs. Uh that scared the shit out of me as a kid. I don't like crabs. <laughs> they scare me now because of that. <laughs> Cuz they were all near me. Like it was like right next to me. The dude knocked it over and all the crabs like came right next to me and it freaked me out as a kid. Uh <laughs> I do have to say right if you've been in like um if you've been in Louisiana or East Texas or like anywhere where it's fairly swampy and um and that's what Rendenhurst is. Um yeah. it's you get yeah, you get crawfish. Uh, so and, and so, like, the, the idea of this crustacean living amongst the swamp areas, like, it's yeah. it's one of those things where I didn't know it specifically, but the moment you introduced that idea to me, I was just like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And I would like to add, because this is, this ecoculture that I'm, that I, we are taking this rice body ecoculture from is East Asian, East and Southeast Asian. That is the ecoculture that we are interpreting the rice ecoculture of, of Rendenhurst, because that is where rice came from. And that is where they have literal millennia of knowledge. That is where this information is coming from. I think the information that I found about rice body crabs mostly came from Vietnam and South China. Yeah. So like, Throwing that out there, this is not white people who did this. It's this is this, these are Asian people who who develop and like develop the symbiotic relationship. Because I didn't do fish because a lot of times fish they actually prefer to keep the fish in the rice paddy because they eat stuff off they, of they, yeah. The, yeah. So the, the fish are actually better to keep there. Crabs not so much, which is why I was like, well, they wouldn't want to. I was like, oh, I found these crabs that are kind of uh, parasitic. That's what they can take. I was like, can you eat them? Yes, you can. Cool. That's what Neely is getting. So, um, so that's another thing that we, um, strive to do that we seek to do here in Yas is, is, is again, not trying to take an entire culture and just taking it and saying, this is what this is, but taking bits and pieces of cultures and ecologies and stuff from all over what we know as on earth and crediting those cultures. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, I, I mean, if you haven't noticed, we love yeah. to talk about where we got our in inspiration from. Uh, so it wasn't like I grew up growing up in East Texas and um, in the swampy area. Now, there is a rice culture there because rice grows very well there and it was imported. Rice grows extraordinarily well um, along the Mississippi River Delta and the Sabine River Delta and all that stuff, Louisiana, because of where it naturally grows in South east asia and in east asia so like it's it's not a native crop but it, it grows very well it's an introduced crop that happens to do really well so i grew up knowing about all of this some of this rice patty stuff because of where i grew up also talk to me about chicken houses but don't because that's a real deep dive that's a real that's a that's a whole nother thing oh man do i have a story about that but we'll wait we'll oh, wait till chicken houses naturally comes up in conversation later yeah um, so anyway, so we like to um, pull again science, history, you know, all of the things that have like our base things that are based in fact that we can pull from, and credit the people who made up the thing. Oh, speaking of crediting, Tanya, do you have the Albert Cublet? 
So for the crew, uh, sorry, Kristen, I mailed you off on Monday. I don't know if you've gotten yours yet. Oh, I've gotten theirs. Mine, I'll, I'll, check, I'll go check my mail right now. Oh, that's okay. No, I mailed yours the same day I mailed Annika, so hopefully you got it. So um, yeah, you, so, you relax. Yeah. You just, oh, no. They're gone. Nope. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> so, uh, Angela, they want it that bad. Angela's there. So um, I bought the cast, the main cast members, some little stickers, these owlbear couplets, because I thought they were really cute. And the person who, I found them on Redbubble. Now, I just looked up this person's Redbubble, and those stickers aren't on there anymore. And I also looked up their actual website, and those stickers aren't on there. But they have other D&D stickers. They have, like, a cute, um, like, a, a cute, speaking of, they have a cute Mind Flayer sticker. What? So if you guys wanted to get a cute Mind <gasps> look at that! <laughs> Mind Flayer sticker. So um, it is, um, on Redbubble, uh, the shop is Kick Girl. K-I-C-K-G-I-R-L. That is their Twitter and Instagram. Their Tumblr is kick, K-I-C-K dash, just like an M dash, G-I-R-L. And their website, um, you can find their website on there um, as well. It's valhotchberg.com. Uh, the out or Val, art of Val Hotchberg online store. So um, they've got some D&D stuff. They've got some um, Star Wars stuff. They have a really cute dragon on top of a D20. There's a really cute gelatinous cube and a beholder and a mimic. So um, let's see. Uh, there's a Harley Quinn. There's uh, apparently there's a Vulpex. So they've got some Pokemon stuff. So um, just go in. Do uh, the speaking of owlbears. Yesterday. That is, those are the stickers that I gave to our main cast members, all, all six of the cast members. I have some. I have two left because I ordered eight because it was a deal. And, um, but yes, we like to credit our artists, and that is who made these adorable Owlbear stickers. Go find her, buy stuff from her, because all of her art, I just looked on her website, um, or their website, I think she's a she, her pronouns, um, on their website, and they are not taking commissions right now, but they do take commissions at certain points. So if you really like this really cute art, and they end up taking commissions, commission them for stuff. So, go. Yeah. Oh, so, so yesterday, I was, I was like, Annika, tell, like, come up, like, what's the story of how you met uh, these two characters? Uh, they're like. Uh, so I was like, so the characters up, up the a pine pine ranger because I was like, I, I want to be like the guy from Amnesty. I literally can't remember his name, but I remember. So, I remember the sword's name. Time, we had this job of like, yeah, you know, the Emerald Protectorate. No. <laughs> the Emerald Enclave is not the Emerald Protectorate, and the Pine Guard is not the Emerald Protectorate, but apparently now all things are Emerald Protectorate. Yeah. But so, I was like, since my character's like the part of the Pine Guard in this town, I like took the two characters and I was like, do you guys want to see some baby owl bears? And that I like that my character had like found like the day before, and so I took. Well, it's Caden. It's Tanya's kid. I took Caden's character to see him. And Caden's character is like losing his goddamn mind at babies. Like he's just like, oh my god. <laughs> it was so it was now, so fun. So so uh, owl bear cublets are totally making their way into other games now. Yeah, I would also just say like owlbear couplets are just straight up making their way as our mascot. Like, they kind of are. At some point, there's going to be like we're going to have shirts with an owlbear couplet on it because we just keep talking about them. Those owlbear couplets, I gotta, I gotta write it down. Like they gotta make like a year from now, you guys are gonna like show up. They're gonna be like an owlbear couplet who's like, hmm. <laughs> be like, don't be interesting, <laughs> 
<laughs> she like wandered around in hers and be like, Moop, and find one of you and just be like, hey, friend. Anyway. Hey, friend. Hey, friend. Gonna, gonna like just kind of glomp on Jack because yeah. she's the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> that seems right. That seems legit. So, uh, anyway, um, speaking of crediting artists, we like to credit our artists and even the ones that stuff that we said that you can't see, but I like their art. It's very cute. And you should go find stuff from them. Support yeah. artists. Speaking, speaking right. of animals. Uh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say because we're over our hour. Are we? Not yet. No. We are. And one thirty is the end. To our hour. Oh, right. I'm on our old time. Yeah. I was early. I was like really confused earlier. But so... Hey, it's Jack has a friend, a tiny, a tiny animal friend that doesn't, doesn't, isn't scared of Jack. <laughs> you're, you're muted. Um, oh, wait, no, you're not. You're good. I, no, I'm not. It was uh, weird. <laughs> you're I, good. I, I'm having some technology issues today and I'm just letting, I'm rolling with them. It's all um, good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't worry. The, the ferret is going a long way to, uh, like make sure that uh nelia is trustable like oh well i mean if this tiny creature trusts her can't be all that bad don't have cute pets yeah does the ferret have a, a name oh his ferret? name is name is mick m-i-c-k no, mick and then after I named him that, I was like, God, it really sounds like Meek. Am I really Korg? Yeah. <laughs> You're Korg. I love Korg, though. I so. know. Me too. Who doesn't love Korg? People who don't watch Marvel movies. Yeah. People who don't love Taika Waititi as well. That also. Uh, true. Who, like, oh my god. I, it, Korg is honestly one of my favorite things about uh, I liked an end game when he was like, Thor, these guys are making fun of me. Help me. Good time. Yeah. Um, do we have any... Okay, here's the problem. I barely remember what happened in episode 13. And I know we're supposed to be discussing things that happened in episode 13. We discussed a lot. We discussed Annika's new character. We discussed Patty... Rice Patty Crab. We just uh, You know what we happened. didn't discuss though? What's that? The giant realization about Zareth. Oh yeah, he's, he's a- <laughs> <laughs> Somebody remind me cuz I remember it happened but I He's a gift. I figured it out like a week oh, ago he, <laughs> by accident. Yeah. So, yeah, so he was born again. He was born a Githyanki. Um but through the magic of Tiamat became a dragonborn. Because I, when I went not helping. <laughs> when I went to uh, when I said, "Okay, we're gonna do Illithid. We're gonna do mind flayers. We're gonna do this." I was like, "I'm gonna introduce their historical enemies, which are the Githyanki or the Githrazai as well, but mostly the Githyanki." So when I was talking to David, I was like, "Hey, how do you feel about playing a Gith?" And he's like, "Okay," because that is literally their job. Their job is to hunt out and kill Illithid. And then he was like, "Hey." I kind of be a dragon board. Can I do this? And I was like, okay, I don't care. As long as you still have, he's like, oh yeah, I still have that inner burner, burning hatred of, of, and I have that. He doesn't have the Githyanki, like any kind of psionic abilities, but um, he's like, yeah, no, I was born a Gith. First 50 years of my life is a Gith. Hate the, hate the Illithid. Still on the journey to kill the Illithid. And I've said, cool. Down with it, bro. So that's how that happened. Now react. 
So, right. So I, I remember. So the whole thing just sort of breaks Whistler. Um, and all I, I feel so is bad. Basically <laughs> grabbing Whistler and promising, like promising, like when 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 Finland is dead, Finland will be dead because like Whistler's just having a moment with like lich kitties and like resurrections. It's just like is death and life just no longer what I think that it is. Um, yeah. Uh, what the what was sticking with me and y'all I I can't I can't tell if this is a memory of a conversation that we had or if I dreamt it so y'all are gonna have to tell me both equally valid yeah (laughs) Uh, so did we have a conversation about uh Robin calling everyone murderers yes Mm -hmm. Okay, and like how like it the it, it's it's kind of it might be just like a little bit lost in translation because like yep okay cool so not a basically dream. it was Zareth basically mm-hmm. described his work and then Robin was like murder. we all kill people and I was like right and so like for <laughs> Finland like murder is something very different from um what happens in in war right because in war you have agreed that you are attacking each other and that death is a very very strong possibility but you've entered an agreement with your enemies and like that's how i mean especially since now their war culture is mercenaries they're hired out right that this it's all contractual ergo it cannot be murder which is taking taking another sentient creature's life without their permission unprovoked like unprovoked in a in a battle sense right because like just because somebody makes you angry doesn't mean you get to kill them you know self-defense is a thing and on top of that like robin also brought up um the fact that you know jack eats meat yeah and like oh man jack was like i i am so angry right now we just got to an agreement and now you're calling me a murderer because i eat what my people have eaten for generations like i am not okay right now and there's that whole thing where like um you know it's 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 only like a, a culture that eats meat which gets called into like question in that moment. Oh, yeah. It's not like minotaurs who who can't they just can't digest it, right? Uh, because it's it's not got a moral imperative on it. But people will place a moral imperative. Oh, like you've chosen not to eat meat. No, we literally just can't digest it. Um, again, not a minotaur though. But um, love cheese. Cheese is my new favorite thing. Um, but like, yeah, that there's this whole, okay, so if I kill a, whatever the equivalent of a pig is, and like, we haven't seen a pig. You we haven't, <laughs> right. Well, we, I remember we were like these giant, like pigs that are like very wooly. Which oh yeah. Is, those, I, what, those, those, those it's, it's those sheep pigs that exist. Yeah. Like, like sheep pigs. Or something like that. Yeah. So they exist on earth, but we were like, but make them even fuzzier. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's one of the things that orcs use for making one of their fibers. Yeah. But they're clearly also going to be edible. 
And it's like, why wouldn't you use this animal, especially when you live in a place where things other don't protein? Grow. Yeah, things don't this grow. Where are you getting protein? Where Sarah starts talking about the uh, so there is there's obviously a lot of talk about this, but there are a lot of cultures where meat is an integral part of their yeah. food culture. The yeah. ones I'm thinking about right now are the First Nations and Native people of Canada and Alaska. Yeah, and Greenland. It is when you live in the ice. This also right. includes the Samis as well. The Samis and um, um, northern uh, Norway, northern yeah, Scandinavia, all that area. That when you cannot grow crops, you figure out a way to feed yourself, and that yeah. includes the eating of whale meat and seal meat and things Reindeer. like that. Reindeer right, and caribou and, and caribou, yeah. all of those creatures that that can find nutrients or whatever. It's it's kind of circles of life. And then I also Our bring up reindeer also. Yeah. Um, of, of when of I, Sarah, personally am a vegetarian, but I do not have any like personal problems with people eating meat. It's a personal choice I have made. Also, here's the next thing. I enjoy leather, like leather shoes. That's all I have is leather shoes and stuff like that, because I've made a personal quest to just be, buy quality goods. And these things are going to last the rest of my life. But I also know that the leather that my shoes were made out of, that be also became meat. So there's right. a sense of you use the whole damn animal. It's not a wasteful production. You do tip to tail. You use the bones. You use the meat. You use the sinew. You use the, is my mom calling? No. Okay. We use, sorry, my phone is ringing and it's only ever my mom who calls me. So I was like, my mom's calling, but it is not. It's a robocall. So you use the bones. You use the meat. You use the sinew. Right. You use the fiber. You use the leather. You use the ears. You use the teeth. You use everything and stuff you eat it you make jewelry out of it you make clothes out of it you make your make house out of, it, out of it your tools yep. out of it so that's something that i kind of i hope to if we ever get to something like this that that that's something that also happens with emerald protectors it's not just about plants and like protecting the animals but like promoting good animal husbandry not just in the in the the emerald wield itself but the surrounding areas that have goats and sheep. That I think that there's a, there's, so I, I mean, I mean, clearly I talk about anthropology a lot and there's, um, it's basically a concept of living conscientiously in your world. Right. Yep. And realizing, because one thing is that it's easy for people in, um, like first world countries to be able to choose to become vegetarian or vegan because they we have such robust food choices and we it's have the ability food deserts, but that's a whole nother rant sarah's not going right on. um and, but when you look world can we can we refer to them as the g12 um yeah we can um uh so when you're looking uh when you're looking at cultures globally not everybody is going to have access to basically the products of literally every other continent, right. right? So your choices are much more limited. So you have to be aware that when you are making these choices, you're making these choices kind of on, on the back of, of, of being able to, to ha have that choice. Um, and that, that doesn't make other cultures uh, like inherently bad because they haven't, you know, seen the light or whatever, it's a, but it's a matter of living conscientiously. What 
what does my body need and what does the world around me provide for me to get those needs in the context that I'm living in? And I think that that's kind of that part of the the thing that's happening where, yeah, it's like talking past each other, where Robin it comes from a big city, right? And Robin's um, family is wealthy. It's not just Robin's family is wealthy. They, they had and, the resources to go vegan, essentially. Right. And, and so, yeah, there's going to be a bit of like, culture clash and then on top of that there's the the culture clash where Zareth's Zareth basically is owning the fact that part of his imperative in life has been to hunt down illithids and that this is based is murder and is and owns that and that's just like but I don't what like what y'all are right? so glad Nelia so wasn't there really when Robin said it <laughs> I'm a fisher. A I live off the fish. <laughs> so I, think, I, think, I think it's really interesting. I kind of forgot it until Amelie mentioned it. Who also, I will point out, Amelie thought it was a dream uh, conversation. So I don't feel too bad about it. Um, but I think that's really interesting. Just, it's almost so I I don't trust anything from before. <laughs> like, right? I don't know. I've slept since then. I was uh, doing I this. Was a, that we kind of blew past in order to like get to the portal, but I'm wondering how that will like come back because like yeah, that conversation happened. These words were said. Uh, uh, I'm just saying. If Robin said, revisit it a little bit in the idea that it, it, while in the library, in the idea that Jack is not communicating well with Robin at all right now. Yes. Um. And it's uh, it it's it's going from useless sapphic uh, to like actual like problems between people um, because of a lack of communication. I'm just um, saying, if yeah, Robin not, calls yeah, me a murderer, yeah. Lost it in the <laughs> yeah. And, yeah part of it was that I was hangry, and part of it was that. Robin called Jack a murderer. Yeah, I was like, if that happened to me, well, I, if I if, if if my character was with you guys, I would have like been like, hey, you don't know my life. I have a fishing boat and I eat fish. Deal with it. <laughs> right, because that's the thing. Like, all right, are we going to agree that killing elephants is murder? Are we going to agree that is killing pigs murder? How about crabs? Like, this is a conversation that humans humans have been having. For as long, I mean, maybe not the illithid part of it, but you get my point. But like that we've been having on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. Well, and come, and this, this is, is like, this is, I don't know that we're. The first, I, this is my journey into vegetarianism. The first animals I stopped eating were pigs. That was the first one that I stopped eating because I have, and she's speaking of Sarah's anxieties, because of their intelligence, because of their community and all that stuff. So that was the first animal I stopped eating, and then I stopped eating all red meat, and then I stopped eating chicken and fish and vegetarians. So it went from stopped eating pigs, stopped eating all mammals, stopped eating fish and fowl as well, completely vegetarian. Still eat cheese, still have honey. Those are animal products. The animals don't get hurt. I still use butter. Okay, sorry. This is this is a rant I have. But um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, it goes to the what is acceptable. Yes. What acceptable. And different cultures have different meanings of what is acceptable. Is it acceptable to eat a horse? Is it acceptable? You're French. Yeah. Is it acceptable to eat a macaque monkey? 
it goes into oh, the are we answering these or these are these are, no, it's, it's a, these are just if you want them you're more than welcome to but these are those rhetorical like when we talk about you know bat like, wing soup exactly what you know what is it that we do, do you eat dog or cat or whatever it is now that goes into another thing about taste and i'm eating carnivores and carnivores are going to taste worse than um, herbivores so that's just a whole nother thing um when we talk about things being gamey there's a reason we talk about that but i also you guys i don't know if you know this but i grew up in a redneck family like redneck and i mean it in such a like traditional way of like going mudding going hunting going fishing like make mend and make do not just you know um ignorance right so like when i talk about redneck i'm talking about like outdoorsy people who make their own stuff and go hunting and go fishing and like that kind of redneck also like hate the cops because you make illegal things on the side no there's that um so like that's the family that I grew up in. So I know I even though I myself am not a hunter or fisher or farmer or whatever, I that was the surrounding that I grew up in. So I grew up with deer heads on deer feet and antlers and stuffed fish and a bobcat on our walls at the home that I grew up in because my dad and grandfather had fished and hunted them. So I, I have a lot of Sarah has a lot of opinions about hunting, which is it's okay if you hunt for meat and you, again use all the damn animal. So we, my dad just didn't sport hunt. He hunted the animal. And yes, we, there may be a head hanging up, but you better believe we ate backtrap sausage. Like that right. kind of like stuff. And the, um, anyway, so that's how it's relating it back to the, to, to this is not everybody in the animal protectors is vegan and vegetarian. They eat meat, but they have the whole animal concept of, of slaughtering, killing, respecting the animal as it is using all of the, um, using all the bits of the animal, using the intestines to make sausage casings, you know, doing all that stuff. So it is possible to have that kind of culture of like protecting nature that still involves the the cultivation and eating of animal flesh. I just want to say that I love that we have taken this um, this really big human topic and it's actually interjected itself into our world. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think it was one of those, um, I, Pax isn't here, but, um, Pax will tell you that they often kind of play off the cuff and they'll say stuff and then we're like, I had no idea that was coming out of my mouth, but there it went. And I don't know if that was one of those moments where that, like, but you eat meat and meat is murder moment was a conscious choice. Was a conscious choice or, or uh, just said it. there it is. Um, but like, yeah, now it, it now exists in our world, in, in our little, uh, in our little group. And, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, I, we will say this, whoever is watching, for those of you who are watching, Yas, the people of Yas do not give you any judgments on the food you choose to do or not eat. Um, food is private. Some, for some people, food is public for some people. Food is hard for some people. Hi, I'm Sarah. Food allergies are a yeah. thing too. Yeah. Cool. So your your diet, and I don't mean diet and like trying to lose weight. I mean diet by meaning the foods and type of foods and when you eat is personal to you. We give you no judgments on what those are. If food is hard for you, um, then um, I understand where you're coming from. And uh, there are resources out there to make food easier in some ways for you. Uh, so yeah, we are not putting any moral judgments on any diet, food, way of any person that is watching that isn't watching that exists in the world unless you're just extraordinarily wasteful and i'm like mm, 
And if you've only been eating like cheese balls for a week, I mean, I mean, I have two. We've all been. It's, it's not a. It is a. Hey, may you deserve a. Nutrient. You deserve help. It's not. It's not a judgment. It's a concern issue of your body deserves nutrients, and you do get nutrients from eating cheese balls. But maybe also have some applesauce. So I just realized that I just realized that I have that Nelia has a bag of crabs with them in the portal. Yeah, yeah, she does. Well, you know what that sounds like to me. I just realized that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm probably I'm probably gonna be like uh, Nelia just like puts the pet like ties the bag all up and just like puts it outside the portal. I'm not taking that bag with me. Money, money. Yeah. Putting it right, right there. Yes. The crab bag. Ah. Bag of crabs. Okay. Well. Stats for bag of crabs now. <laughs> hey, I have a big bag of crabs. I mean. It's, it's okay, you can get a bag. It's got a twenty foot throwing range. Um, it's uh, you got to use strength to throw it because there's a lot of crabs. You got to well. Strength. It's a strength throw, um, and it's an area of effect. Ten feet. The crab bag opens, and anybody <laughs> within that ten feet takes one d four pincing damage. There we go. Bag of crab pincer damage. I'm not gonna use that. I gotta keep the crabs. <laughs> well, if well, it ever come what? up, we don't know what's gonna happen. But you can use it in a pinch. Yes. You will. Bring this OOC up, bring it up on YouTube and say, hey, Sarah, this is where you said this is what a bag of crabs would do. And if you ever have another bag of crabs, um, then if anybody is looking to add bag of crabs, bag of crabs to, to, your, to your homebrew, you're Ten welcome. Foot radius, strength, um, I would say it's a strength throw to make the throw. And then whoever's in the 10 foot, foot uh, the uh, 10 deck foot, the it's a uh, constitution. Oh, I will <laughs> down um, Maggie's uh, fart accordion that she made for a, the bard in our campaign. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's an accordion, and when you play certain notes, it does certain spells, including stink cloud. Yeah, as a DM, you get to make lots of really fun. People are like, can I have this? And I'm like, well, we'll figure it out. We should do a make our own, like, make a new magic item uh, yes. by committee uh, thing real soon. Yes. So look yes. for us live on Facebook soon in the future. We'll put our information. Somewhere, somewhere where we can go live. And um, you can help us build a magic item. Yeah. For what purpose? I don't know. We're going to find out once we make it. Yep. yep. So. I like it. We're at time. We went over yeah. as always. Over. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in uh, this week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed, and we are going to be doing an OOC next week, right? Yes, and we yes, have, I believe next week we're going to actually be talking about um, basically D and D in the world post Taz and Critical Role and Dimension Twenty. Um, Okay. And then yeah, and then after that we'll be talking about episode fourteen. And then after that, we're actually gonna have a guest on. Yes. Yay! 
Statistics. Uh, her name is Joanna, and she works with a group called uh, D&D Research. You can find them on Instagram at dnd.research. And they... To make yeah, sure that's D and N D. Yeah, and a D. Um, dot research. And they do a lot of surveys about um, who's gaming, what they're gaming, how they're gaming, and they will periodically do stuff like every year to see how things change. And there's a lot of interesting data out there, especially um, on gender. So clearly we are going to talk about that. Uh, it's about that. Um, one thing like in a month, but <laughs> one thing I'd also like to bring out, we're talking about um, the impact of of Taz, Critical Role, Dimension Twenty, other larger streams uh, on um, uh, on Dungeons and Dragons and TTR regions in general. Find us on our socials: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you have questions, like, "Hey, did you start playing this game because of these things? What is it? How has it changed for you? If you played before the the streams, and you know, what, you know, any questions you have." for us about that that would be great because we can just obviously we can talk about anything but having questions focused questions helps yes otherwise it keeps us off the seg train coaster yes yeah. if i have a list of questions to say hey you guys answer these these questions if you watch the panel if you watch the snail con panel like we generally stay on because i have questions to ask i had no Monica. <laughs> no okay Someday that'll be up and you can watch it. Yeah. So I, one I day. was like, we have questions. We have eight minutes per question. We're going. Yep. Uh, so yeah, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Everybody. Bye. See you next week.